1: back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Hope everybody is having a good week as Auburn gets closer to its SEC opener against Texas A&M. We have a number of guests on here today, Philip Marshall and Ronnie Sanders from AuburnUndercover.com. And making his return appearance on the podcast is Coach Joe Witt, of course, a longtime Auburn assistant coach. Uh, Coach Witt, how have you been and uh, how's the early stages of the season been treating you?
2: Real good. We're undefeated, so that's good. That's good as it get right now. We just got to keep going, enjoying.
3: Better than last year, huh? Or better than last coach, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better uh, than last year. <laughs> tell us a little bit about uh, your experience with Damian and Jimbo and and Bobby Petrino. Is well, yeah, Jimbo and
2: and 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 Bobby, I coach with uh, they were both on offense and obviously I recruited Damian uh, just had a great experience with Damian and recruiting and he's a great player for us very very competitive it's competitive any uh, player that I can remember here at Auburn and you know I think Jimbo and, and Bobby both are Probably the top of the line in, in offensive coordinators here at Open, you know. So you got two good guys, you got two offensive minds together. Uh, they're going to generate some play, some 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 uh, offense for sure. We're going to play good defense to uh, try to keep them controlled because they know how to scheme the defense.
3: Sure.
0: Joe, I, you know, I, I used to hear a lot about Bobby's offense being kind of unique and different than, uh, than than what you saw uh, from most people. What what was it that made it different or makes it different?
2: I, I don't know that you could say it's different. Uh, when you watch him play, you don't see anything. They'll, they'll line up in two bites and uh, – Two tight ends uh, line up a lineup, uh, in a two receivers. Uh, uh, singer receiver. He just he just attacked. I, Bobby's attack personnel more than anything in my mind. If you got a weakness, he'll find it. If you got a weak link, he's gonna find the weak link and and uh, try to exploit it. And I think that's what most. Defensive and offensive coaches do, you know, find the, the weak link and try to take advantage of it. Now, you know, they—I hadn't seen a whole lot of, of uh, A&M this year, but the little bit I've seen, I've seen them in some two back, and I've seen them in some offset and tight end movement, and you know, they're using the tight ends quite a bit and, and trying. To, I know that's to create a mismatch with the linebackers. Most folks. Linebacker can't cover a tight end, and, and more times than not, they can't unless they are, you know, they're gifted. It they takes a gifted skill linebacker to cover a gifted skill tight end. You Know what I mean?
3: What was it? What was it like as far as you know, from a personality standpoint? You worked with Jimbo, and you worked with uh, with Bobby.
2: Both I of them know- hard nosed coaches. Both of them. Hard nosed offensive coaches. They're not they're not soft at all. They are hard-nosed offensive coaches. If you if you get the point, they I would say <laughs> both of those guys coach quarterbacks like I coach linebackers. Well, that's
3: you know, what like I was about to say. They, uh, Jimbo coaches quarterbacks the way that uh I was about to say Jimbo coaches quarterbacks the way Ray Trickett coaches the offensive line. Well,
2: exactly. <laughs> He's that kind of guy. And I think Bobby, Bobby is, Bobby is the, the same way. You know, basically what it's about is just being detailed and, and demanding, you know, that, asking the guys to execute. So that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a guy that's – the quarterback's not going to be intimidated because if he, if he is, he couldn't play for the coach he's playing for. A soft quarterback not going to be able to play for either one of those guys.
3: And Damian certainly wasn't soft when he was playing for Jimbo. Anyway,
2: well, Damian's not a soft person. He's he's a not tough soft. guy. And tell us, know, about, tell us about recruiting him. Recruiting Damian, you know, Damian, Damian was set to go. We we got on Damian light late. We were very fortunate to get Damian because he was he was actually he was actually headed to uh, Southern Miss. And I've been watching him, but I couldn't get anybody to go on him. And finally, uh, Jimbo went down and, and looked at him along with me and he said, I'll take him. He's out. Cause you know, he just saw, he thought it, he had been watching them. They were at Sanford at the time. So obviously he had followed them and hoping he would fall through the cracks and get to Sanford. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it made it easy when Jimbo came aboard and we signed Damien and rest is history. I don't know if we had a better quarterback play here at Auburn and, and any more consistent play than anybody uh, since Damien was here.
3: He did a great job.
0: Joe, so, what do you see uh, from this Auburn team so far?
2: Well, you know, The thing that that impressed me most about the Auburn team is they went to California. That was a to me playing that trip was a tough trip. Any way you look at it. And having the ability to stay and play. Guys playing at nine, nine thirty. Most of those kids, not all of them, but a lot of them thinking about going to bed or going out. They ain't thinking about Kicking off for a football game, and then such a long trip to get there. So all everything that could go, you know, be difficult for Auburn were, and they overcame. You know they they won the game, and that that was impressive. Had some had some. Uh, it wasn't easy, which gave them the opportunity to have to come through, come overcome. And so, having done that, they know they can. I don't think they'll have a tougher road trip for us to (laughs) travel. All the others, anywhere close to that California, they'll turn out a tougher team, but not necessarily a tougher road trip.
3: Well, how does that affect your football team? I mean, when you were when you were there, you played at USC and some other some other long trips. How does that affect you? Well,
2: it's actually, it's, it's, it's tough to get over. That's that's the main thing because it's tiring. Everything, like I said, everything is different. They I don't know, but they probably didn't get back home until the next day, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning from that trip. Normally, you get back home at least two, one or two, uh, on a conference game of most games you play, but you get back, you go out on Thursday and come back Sunday mo- uh Sunday mornings seven or eight o'clock. Then you go home and get try to get your body back adjusted to the central time. And that's that's not easy. Most folks think that's easy, but it's not.
3: Not at all. Not at all. Bill, Bill, him jump in. Uh,
0: what? What? Uh, just playing on the road, uh, in a hostile environment. What's the key to being successful in that situation, either side of the ball?
2: Well, number one, being confident and not, and, 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 you know, when you, when you go on the road, offensively, it, it creates more problems for the offense than it does the defense. Uh, because the home crowd usually is going to be quiet and allow you to communicate and get everything done uh, defensively because they want, they don't want to, you know, create a problem for their offense. So defense travel is real easy. Um, when you get to the offense, the crowd is going to be loud and, you know, you're going to create some offsides, some motion uh, lack of communication and those things. So I think it's a lot easier to go on the road and play as a defense than it is to play as an offense. But the most most important thing about both sides is just being confident and being prepared to play. Nobody's surprised when you go to the college station that it's going to be loud, the, the station, the, the, st- uh, the stadium look like it's moving and they're bouncing and hopping. So you want to go on and get a, get a good attack going and keep them quiet. And uh, if you can get them to sit on their hands by moving the ball and scoring points, that's, that gives you a chance. Defensively, when they get out there, you got to stone them and get the ball away and give it back to your offense. And uh, hopefully you'll get some short fields.
3: How does A&M compare to the rest of the conference crowd-wise? Wow. You know, I,
2: I would say – it, it stacks right up there. You know, LSU is tough. Alabama, you go to Tuscaloosa, it's pretty loud over there. And uh, Tennessee is a loud. You know, you just go across Florida in the swamp, it's loud. Uh, but it's out there in College Station, it's different. You know, it's a different kind of uh, – like everybody's jumping and the cadets are moving, and it's just
0: different. Joe, what what uh, uh what what do you see as the when, when you see the all the NIL and transfer stuff and all that stuff uh what what is it what does the old hard nosed coach see in all that?
2: Well, I I personally don't I don't have a real problem with the NIL. My, the most difficult thing for me as a coach is having to be dealing with the transfer portal. Uh, you know, transfer portal creates a problem, in my, my opinion. Uh, we we talked about this earlier. You know, I think a kid that can sit and have his mind set, oh, I can make this one move and not be penalized or have any consequences, if I have a bad day, and I think it's forced kids to not lock in and be committed to to making it because I don't know of anybody. When I went to college, I could tell hey, you, I absolutely on that hot day and, and barely getting any water because they give them water every time they need it now. But back in the day, you, you got one little swig of water during the whole practice. <clears throat> Heck, I thought about going home too. But uh, <laughs> I, I didn't have anything to go home to, so I stayed in, in work. and worked because my folks would have turned me around just as fast as I got there.
0: <laughs>
2: but uh the transfer portal is sitting there and, they, and these kids, you know, I have a bad day. I, let me see if what it's like over on the other side of the fence. This coach recruited me and showed me a lot of love. It's probably easier over there. In the reality of it all, it's not going to be easy anywhere if, if they got a good program. They're going to do it right. It's all going to be hard work and smart work. And, it's, you know, you get there, you get settled in. And I always told kids that they could make it to until school start because they came there to get an education and start going to class and start hanging out with the teammates and classmates, people that are not, and they'll they'll adjust if they can get through that first off first season of fall practice and that first semester of class, they'll make
0: it. How long yeah, are you used to go away, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Used to when you when y'all first got there, school didn't start till like the middle of September, did it? It did right because we was
2: on a quarter, right. Rest three games, at least two for all the time. And then that works. There was some instances where we play as many as three games before school started, you know, so
0: that
2: that was, that was a time that you really had to stay close to the kids. And so after that first things got easier for them after when fall camp was over and then we started playing games, it became sort of routine and easier. But prior to that boys, it
0: was work. <laughs> Were there so many rules then, either? Were there?
2: Yeah, well, back in 81, 80, oh, I guess it didn't start really initiating those rules until the 90s, where you have so many hours you could work and, and time off, uh, mandatory time off. So uh, some of it is good and some of it is not so good.
0: Yeah, I remember, I know y'all used to practice, especially during those early days when they were in the quarter system. Uh, you had a lot of practices during camp. <laughs> in, oh, yeah. Every day. <laughs> we did. We 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 went
2: three a days. Went early in the morning, speaking <laughs> game, 9 o'clock, uh, regular team, and 9.30, rather. Then we have lunch, come back out late, 4 o'clock, and go for the evening practice. Did that for about two weeks and then about two weeks of uh tour days and <laughs>
0: <laughs> these <laughs> guys wouldn't know what these guys wouldn't know what to think about something like that the players no. today.
2: <laughs> well it's a different time. And I guess the kids are acclimated a little different. So they I don't even know if they can handle it, you know, that would be really difficult for people that never been through
3: it coaches and players we we had a uh, when we were at florida we used to go it was harder on the coaches it was on the players we went two a days always well we go (laughs) back to back so we'd have the the freshmen come out first and then we do special teams and then we do practice with everybody else and so we've done it that way as well we've done it any way
2: you could go design a practice to get a lot of work done. We have done it. You
0: know, uh, Joe, talk about the, uh, the challenge that these players and coaches are going through now of a new coach, new system. Uh, what are the difficulties in that?
2: Well, you know, I, really, I can't speak to that because the guys that I work with, like, Coach Dye, Terry, Tommy, you know, they went six, seven years. Uh, Yeah, but there was a first year, though. The coordinators, pardon me? I said there was a first year for all of them. The first year with all of them, it it certainly is a a gift. It's more of a getting getting to know the system. Yes, Uh, even with a new coordinator, that's the first year. Getting that system in and and understanding. It takes a year basically for everybody in the system to understand and know your role and the people around your role. You gotta not, not only know what you do, but you need to know what everybody around you has to do and what their assignment is and what's the expectation for mixing those to uh, to with conditions.
3: Well, what do you think about you know it's not, for Auburn this year, and obviously everybody knows about the job that Brian Harson didn't do. But with so many new players, with <laughs> I see you smiling there with <laughs> with uh, with so many new players, all new coaches, you know, new coaching staff, you even got a new facility, new offense, new defense. You know, how hard is it to build any kind of continuity? with you know more so with with players i mean at least the players you know with, with 40 some odd new players on the team um that's got to be a little bit different in the locker room well I, you know really there's no there's no advantage so
2: it's i think it's good in that concept respect you go in there everybody is on the same level because the most that anyone could have done that that the any kid hasn't done is gone through spring training. And like a guy having three years in the system before you got there. You understand what I'm saying? I understand. What they could have had as a spring practice. And then the other guys came in. So it's just a matter of the coaches now got to step up and get them all acclimated into the system and teach them what they, what they got to do to make it work. And that's that's challenging, but it can be done.
3: What What are your impressions so far of the new head coach and new staff? I'm very impressed. I, I I like the staff. I like the head
2: coach. I like I like the way they're going. You know, the only thing I would say to the, to the, not to the head coach because he knows. I've heard him speak, and he said it over and over again. But to the Auburn family, is let's not get too don't get out in front of ourselves. They got to build this thing. And and I think they're doing a, a really good job of laying the foundation. And once they get a foundation and get it built, I think we're going to have something for the long haul. But if you think you're going to come in here and, and, and expect a championship, or, if it happened, it happened. But, you know, the main thing is making sure that you don't sacrifice the future for make sure you do it right and build it from the ground up. That's the opportunity that Coach Freeze and his stats have.
1: Joe, you were talking about uh, you know, the, all the new position coaches on this team. We've seen you know, various success from, from different positions early in the year. The, the DBs have had a lot of interceptions. Um, obviously, the tight end made a game winning play at Cal. There's been a lot of video as well of them running back to the sideline, celebrating with their position coach. As, as, a, long time, as a long time coach who was there on the sidelines, when you kind of, especially early in the year, when you see all that preseason work, Maybe pay off with a couple big moments for your guys, and, and you're able to have that moment with them on the sideline. What is that feeling like for, for a coach when you when you see that come together?
2: That's an indescribable feeling. It's so great. It's uh, I wish I had words to really articulate how how that feels and the joy that you get seeing your guys buy in and 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 then they see when they do it, it works, and they get the results. And, you know, the, the rough part of the road is ahead of us. The roughest part of this road right now is ahead of us, not behind us. It's ahead of us. So we got to – but you, the, the, the key thing for everybody is to see success going ahead. And it, and, and it doesn't always end up with numbers of win. It's end up with how the team, just what you're talking about, how they're building it and how they feel about each other. Because when you get enough guys together
0: that feel that way, then you got it done. Joe, J- uh, that's reminiscent to me of 1981, and you guys went five and six. But I think Auburn people generally uh, saw enough that they were really excited about the future.
2: Yeah, I think I think they they saw a good foundation. They saw great effort. That's the key thing, you know. If a, if if you play with great effort and toughness, uh, fundamentally sound, not a whole lot of penalties, particularly what I call silly penalties, uh, uh, even stupid penalties, <laughs> you know, per miles and, and things of that nature. Then, If you don't have those things, you know, got to get offside every now and then. I have a motion here and there. Uh, you, can, you can handle that. But you want to minimize those, and 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 then the other key thing is not have mistakes in your assignments. You got to know your defense or offense better than anybody in the country, and you got to know your opponents better than they know themselves. and And then there, and that's a matter of execution. Don't worry about the wins or. All right, don't let don't get that that crowd your mind Just do what you're supposed to do. control what you can control
3: let me i want to ask you and i know we're jumping around but i want to get your thoughts on um what's going on in colorado and i was watching the clip you know deon sanders was on 60 minutes the other night and um he said something that really jumped out he said that um you know most kids when they go to college, they're they're committing to a school," um, he said. "But these kids are committing to me, and that's the difference. Um, what do you think of that? And how does that affect your football team?
2: If you I always told the kids, you know, when I was recruiting, my, I always told the head coach and the, and the position coaches of the kids, whether it be the linebacker coach, a defensive line coach, a secondary coach, quarterback coach. Always told the head coach and the position coach to the kids to know that he would. In, but it's I, I never took the one man approach, and I know that is a one man approach. Uh, that come a time, and I think perhaps Dion is 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 okay with the one man approach. I've always been under the team approach. It's all about, and, and I always told the kids try to go to the school that you would go to even if you weren't playing football because if football don't work out for you, you hopefully be in the town and a place that you like. And if it does, you know, so, but when Coach Dye and and Coach uh, Bowden and some of it was coaching, we absolutely sold our coaches, our head coach, and the position coach, whatever position the player were, that you were recruiting. And but the first of all was to sell your university. You know, I wanted to know what area of education they wanted to be in. Whether the engineer, we know we got great engineering, and then you want to go into finance, computers, what have you, you sell those areas. Find out if you know if you had to go to school yourself on it and you wanted to know. Where you ranked in it? So you, because somebody's going to tell that kid that, you know, your kid's going to go in engineer, and they're going to say, okay, is fourth in engineer, and Georgia Tech is one. But you got to know that going in. You don't want them to tell you. You you need to tell them, or vice versa. If is one and Georgia Tech's four, we want to we want to articulate that. There's also, Joe, uh, you
0: know, what would your uh? I'm- how would you have dealt dealt with you go <clears throat> you go through all your recruiting pitch and he says, Yeah, coach, but how much am I gonna get? How much money am I gonna get? Back then? <laughs> no, but if you had to do it today. <laughs> well,
2: I, I would use the rule book on him. I would I would say, you know, that's not my, my job to this to uh you you got to get with the NIL collective and see if find out we'll we'll certainly look into it and find out what you know give them something to keep him interested. But I wouldn't I wouldn't give him any kind of. I think that's the worst thing you can do is give kids numbers of what they're going to get, and and that's not even what the rules are supposed to the rules states you're not supposed to give a kid any type of NIL and they there at your institution. And if everybody lived by that, that would be yeah. a good. You know, and, and that's the million dollar if—if if everybody would live by that. But I think that's that's a fair rule. You know, a kid ought to go to the school because of the coach. Hit the school number one. I think the school is bigger than anybody, and then the coach, and 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 then the football that he's the quality of football. I think the SEC is the best league in the country. So, uh, you know. I never recruited and told a kid he need to leave and go to house State or go out. I, you know, if you don't come here, you need to go this place here so your family can see you. Because, you know, you're a hypocrite if you're recruiting a kid. And, say, instance, you're recruiting him against Alabama. And you, you're going to tell him well, if you don't come to Auburn, you ought to go to Wisconsin. Now, if you don't go to Auburn, you ought to go to Alabama because right over there, your family can come see you. And a kid can sense the real – you know, that you really care you care about him, you're not trying to uh just recruit him. You're trying to give him some good sound advice.
0: Well, what uh how many games this team gonna win? I can't tell you. <laughs> I tell you this, they're gonna play
2: Saturday.
0: What one-, <laughs> <laughs> one, one one other question about that, Joe. How do you deal with cause obviously most players by the time the season starts have convinced themselves that they're gonna be really, really good. The nothing team is no, there's nothing wrong with it. That's not what I'm saying. But how do you as a coach, what's the challenge when when you then get beat?
2: Well you play one game at a time. One one game, one play, one practice. And you know, don't try to see the whole It's not the end of the road on any of it. Right. Take the game and let the game. The key thing that you want the guys to do, you want them to go into the game. You want them to prepare themselves to play the very best game they can play on the fourth game. Okay. So here's the deal. They, I don't suspect our team's gonna be as good as we can be on the fourth game. I don't know if we if we should be as, as good on the fourth game as we're gonna be on the sixth or seventh or eighth game. Right. If so somewhere along the line you gonna get. It, it just don't. You ought to continually to get better. But every day you go out there, you need to work and do everything. Do the things that you know gonna. Give you an opportunity to be successful. See, it's crazy to think you're going to win them all if you don't practice. Like you don't practice, don't show up on time, you don't practice with the energy, you don't learn your playbook. Learning your playbook is very, very important. But going outside and practicing and putting it on the field—that's very, very important. That's extremely important. Putting it all together and then get into the game. And, and a very smart coach told me that you don't want them to be ready before it's time to play. Just have them ready when the whistle blows. And, and that's what I always live by. You Until it's time, I'm always getting them ready. On Saturday morning, you go through a walkthrough, watch a little film, or say nothing to them. You know they're ready. But Sunday... Until Saturday morning, you better be finding things to give my opportunity to be successful, and they better buy into it.
3: What are your thoughts on the um, on SEC? What, what are your thoughts on SEC expansion and eight game versus nine game conference schedule? I mean, to, to me, you know, if, if Auburn and Georgia don't play, and Tennessee and Alabama don't play, that's a um, that's a big problem. Um, but that's me. What, what do you Well, think? somebody else gotta figure that one out.
2: Uh you know, I've always liked the you know, like the challenge of playing Alabama, that's our cross state rival, playing Georgia, playing uh LSU, Florida, Tennessee. We played them all same year. Uh that's not the best schedule to have. <laughs> 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 You know, we've gone – so you got an east and a west, but I do like this. The more teams you bring in, I think they need to stop doing divisions, and and I agree with not having the playoff, the SEC championship. Just rank them. Have the SEC championship based on <clears throat> how they rank at the end of the season. Because some some leagues – They'll play nine games and that's they okay in their league. But it's nothing like going nine games in the SEC. There's no team in the SEC that doesn't have a chance chance to beat anybody they play. You gotta be ready to play. There's no
3: days off. On. That's one thing I wanted to ask too. You know, Texas and Oklahoma coming into the SEC. And you know, playing in the Big Twelve is a lot different. And like you said, you can get beat every week. How do those two teams fit first few years in the SEC until they uh, figure out that, that you know, you've got a chance to get beat every week? You know, well,
2: I think I think I think that when you look at Texas and, and Oklahoma, you put, you probably brought two of the better teams out of that league into the team. I mean, to the league, so they're going to fit in quite well. Cause they both got recruiting base, both got good coaches, so bring them on. Let's go.
0: <laughs> Philip, go ahead. I'm good. I got some back. That's uh, uh. You gonna watch on TV? I guess Joe, or you gonna go out there?
2: it takes A&M. It's college yeah,
0: State. I'm gonna watch it on TV.
2: Right. Every play. better anyway. I like the replay. I can get a replay when when I see something bad, something they shouldn't have called. What do you okay. think about the <laughs> what the officiating? What about it? <laughs> I Ask you, is it is it at the level that today as it was back in the day? No, no,
0: nah. nah. and I think uh, you know the more the more teams you add, obviously the more games you got. Uh, so you, it's, it, uh, kind of, uh, dilutes it a little bit, but, uh, this, this is supposed to be about you, not about me, but, but, uh, <laughs> I think that, uh, uh, they want to be, and I, and I don't want to overgeneralize cause not all of them are like this, but I think some of them want them to be part of the show too much Uh, my, my, my pet peeve for many years has been if, uh, everybody, they need, everybody needs to sit down and have a meeting and say, this is holding, this isn't holding. And if you see it, you call it period
2: and call it 60 minutes.
0: Yep. And then if you do, don't, don't not call it because well I don't want to, it's late in the game or whatever. Right, and uh, and if you always call it, there'll be a lot of holding penalties, and then they'll stop because yeah, people will stop doing it. I
2: think you call it sixty minutes, and if you if you do that, then people are gonna earn respect. You can't you can't uh not call a a holding or a roughing because that play is gonna end the game, and I don't want to penalize right. That's, political play. The rules still stand, so make the call. That's what I think, and I, I don't. I don't see those guys having. And I'm not. I've been coaching what eighteen years, so I'm certainly not talking about any of these any particular guy. I just watch it on television, so I don't want to. Right. So, but I don't see them having the courage to call the game as the old guys did back in the day. So. I remember Jimmy Hopper called uh, called call holding on one eye guys and uh, Jeff Berger threw a touchdown. It he, he, he was either Jeff or a Reggie Slack and J- Coach Dow was raising and jumping and going and and Jimmy said, "Well, Pat, I didn't. He I knows touchdown. I just saw
0: what I saw." <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, uh, the other thing is. And this is in every sport. Call what you see, and not what you think happened.
2: Right. That's that's what that's what I'm saying. That's what uh, Hopper said. You know, I saw a hole in, and I called it. I wasn't worried whether it was a touchdown, incomplete, or nothing. I I saw a hole in. You know, and I, I
0: think sometimes they guess. That's think sometimes what you it. <laughs> Sometimes, it, it, sometimes they guess and call what they think happened. Shouldn't do that. That's no. Not-
2: i say I don't like – that's the part I don't like because you penalize a kid and the fan base for something, your inefficiency, and you're getting paid for it. uh, That shouldn't be in the game. If you work hard and be in position, if you're not in position, don't make the call. If you're in position to make the call, make the call. Don't make a call when you're not in position. I hate to see a guy come from where the back judge and the side judge right there looking at the call and don't call it, and and the back judge come running up there. You know.
3: But anyway, that's enough of that. Because well, we we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us, guys. I appreciate
2: you having me on, and uh, all, all of you guys have done a great jobs, and we just appreciate what you do. Appreciate
0: you, Joe. Thank you. See you soon. All right. Thank you, Phil. See you now.